We're back. Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name's Kanal. Adam, how you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's been a good two weeks. We had a great I thought you were about to start singing. It's been a long day. <laughs> My dear friend. About to start oh, a no. single tear. No. Paul Walker's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> He's right here, right beside me. Um but yeah, man, it's been good. Been a good two weeks. Uh I had my little birthday weekend. Um, celebrated that. Uh got to explore different parts of downtown Dallas. <clears throat> and... See where they shot JFK? No, no. It's the only thing no. I know about downtown Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we went to uh we went to Deep Ellum, which is like a nice uh old it's like a historical part of downtown Dallas, and we got some beignets there. It was really delicious. I got a cinnamon flavored one, so I had like it was like a cinnamon fl- like fill uh, flavor filler for it, and then like the powdered sugar on top and all. We had tea, you know, some cold tea with it. Basically, it was bitter, but like it's. I'm, let me tell you something that uh, my fiance put me on, and this is just it's 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 like something that's just been there. I just say no. When you eat something very sugary. How about you drink something bitter alongside it? It actually just, it goes together because it, it cancels each other out, right? Mm-hmm. So I just had like tea with no sugar. I forgot what, uh, I had hibiscus tea. Um, so it's a, I think that has like a little bit of a tad of a, a little small bit of like a sour taste, but like it went well with, you know, with the beignets and stuff. So I uh, had a good time there. Didn't We didn't go to the restaurants or anything like that. We just wanted to get some good sun uh, after like we had like a huge rainstorm one day. But good sun, walking around, got to see like a part of Dallas that we have not seen before. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you, didn't you guys have like tornado shit go through or something like that? Or like, yeah. So yeah. We, had, we had a day. It was a <laughs> it was literally before my birthday where it was um, it was supposed to have 80 mile per hour winds like basically destructive winds as they called it and they had a bar graph so i i, I was at the barber um and then on the news the guy was just the, oh, the lady was like okay so we you know they have like a bar for severity right so like you know a longer and it's like red at that point that bar is like hey that's severe that's really dangerous be be on on the lookout for that and you know as you get lower and lower on the bar you know that's like it's less severe don't worry you know it's it's that's nothing to worry about right at the top 80 mile per hour winds, destructive oh, winds, they said. <laughs> and then they said underneath that, and the bar lowered a little bit, but it was like baseball sized hail, which this is com- confirmation from me um, through my fiance's worker. Those were those were real that they were up <laughs> north, not in uh, downtown. And then it was talking about like, yeah, flooding and it got a little bit lower. And then they said about three to four tornadoes. And it was the lowest thing on the on the list. And I said, so we're not. We're we're just we're just gonna g- g- glance past that. <laughs> we're gonna glance past the fact you said three or four tornado tornadoes. Like, I, obviously, it's in the whole area because uh, Tornado Alley is like we're right in Tornado Alley, if not like right below it. So, of course, tornadoes can happen. Yeah, and, I mean that's um, just the middle of the country, right? It was yeah, it was just very it was just very windy, um, heavy rains in our area, but nothing nothing bad happened to us over here. Plus our our cars are in like parking garages, so yeah. <laughs> if hail comes down, we're good. <laughs> how about yeah, yourself, that's like man? that. Yeah, that's like one of the things when I was living out there. I was like, I I know how how the what how the weather in the south can get. Let me get a bipolar. Let, let me get that car covered. <laughs> but man. I'm good, man. I mean, I'm sorry if I sound a little stuffy or anything like that. I started going back to the gym, and that gym is basically like as filthy as like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. So 
I'm trying to look at a glass half full. I got to build my immune system back up after, you know, two years of just being locked in a, in a, in a, in a germ free box. But you know, uh, for everything else for us has been pretty solid. We actually had, we had a very mild snowstorm. Like we, it was like all of like, we had like, I think eight inches dump on us overnight. And like, we were, we were just kind of like stuck in for like a little bit, you know, it's always funny whenever we get snow up here, but uh because like nobody knows how to drive and so as soon as that happens it's just people like the roads are just a complete mess it's never it's never because like the conditions on the road are difficult it's just because there's people on the roads that are just a danger to society so we were all kind of stuck in for a little bit but it was a it was a pretty good uh pretty mild pretty mild snowstorm compared to what you guys had a couple years ago oh yeah was it um i guess in so you know up in up in the northwest uh, you know, Pacific Northwest does like in terms of snow, how does that work for y'all? Cause it seems like you, you just said that, uh, you know, you had snow come down and like, Oh yeah, we're in. So y'all aren't used to snow like that to the point where it's like, okay, Hey, it's not <laughs> like, we're not like, uh, I mean, we're not as unprepared as like, it's not like a surprising thing as much as it used to be. Right. But we mm-hmm. usually get about, you know, a few days worth of snow a year. It's not like, it's not like Wisconsin where we're getting like, or Buffalo, like during the season where they just get like eight feet of snow overnight and they're just like, what do we do with ourselves? It's, it's more of like, you know, we will get an, we'll get the odd, you know, uh, you know, hailstorm or snowstorm kind of thing, but it'd have to be more of a, um, you know, a multitude of things happening at the same time, as opposed to like a regular seasonal thing for us. Okay. Is it like, you know, if you get snowed in, I guess, or there's like a lot of snow, is it like, okay, school's canceled or it's like we're delaying school or it's like, yeah, y'all are coming to school? Uh, it depends. So, I mean, I think this is just rule of thumb for everybody is that that's usually based off of the school buses. And so that they, the school determines whether it's a two hour delay or, you know, school is canceled based off of if, if school buses can make their routes. Because if school buses can make their routes, then people can make their routes, right? Okay. Okay. And so, like, you know, I think at that point, we—I mean, snowplows went through pretty, pretty immediately after like it stopped. So we were we were clear. So, um, maybe school was canceled. Maybe they did like an online thing, but I don't know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. No, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, this is just me just trying to learn more on, up up there. Is all. <laughs> we'll we'll get you up here one day. One day. I mean, we can't, I can't, we don't have anything as iconic as, you know, the hill that JFK got shot from, but you know, we, we got the Seahawks. (laughs) You got that. You got us on that one. (laughs) I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rep like Dallas that hard now. (laughs) It is fun. Don't get me wrong, but man. (laughs) Oh yeah. But let's get right into it. Right. We got some Seahawks news to talk about. Finally. Good Seahawks news. We finally did it. We signed Geno Smith. He has signed with the Seahawks. That is three years. 105 million i believe with 52 million guaranteed um i think you caught some extra details on his uh yeah i just saw this actually i think i think it was field yates just tweeted this or made it might have been adam schefter or ian rapport one of those guys um contract is basically three years 25 million or three years 75 million um 52 million guaranteed i think was the number that was also thrown around Mm -hmm. um or it might have been forty. No, I, th- I believe the number was forty million guaranteed, but fifty-two million is what he can make in a full calendar year, and mm-hmm. so three years, seventy-five. But another thirty million dollars in incentives, you know, incentives like you know making milestones, completions, yards, game started, um, making the roster, that kind of thing, which you know can he if he maxes them out fully, gets thirty million. But 
as far as base salary goes, three years, you know, $25 million a year for three years. It's kind of right on the number that we were talking about, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we were saying like what, like from 25 to 30, like no higher than that. So it actually works out on the lower end. Yeah. And it's pretty much a deal where it's basically like we're going to pay you, but we don't know if we're going to get that same magic or not year after year. So this is to protect us so we can get out of said deal while you get your money after so long. Yeah. And, you know, it's like a. I like the way that this is structured. This is like this should be like the prototypical like, you know, a uh, bridge quarterback type of contract moving forward for a lot of people. If like a, if a quarterback has like a one season wonder type of thing, because um, he's really betting on himself. And I think that even Pete Carroll said it like Gino is gambling a lot on himself. Like the number that Seahawks wanted to do was three years, 20, 75 million, you know, the 25 million mark, which is I think what we were saying, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few few weeks ago, a few months ago. Um but, you know, with with the incentives that are set up, if he does good, we do good. You know, that's kind of like that. Right. And so it it kind of like he still has his guaranteed money. You know, if he hadn't gotten his start with us last year, you know, he would have been writing out bet bin contracts on as backup QBs on multiple teams because nobody gave him a chance. Right. They, he didn't write back, though. But yeah, um, definitely. You know, I think this is this is a fantastic deal for both parties because, you know, he has the option opportunity to get. Um, get there, get get the get the money that he he deserves, and we have our quarterback for the interim until we find more, maybe more of a a long term solution. Yeah, and um, and the funny thing is, uh, also I remember Field Yates also posted that like Geno Smith's career earnings through his first ten seasons was about seventeen point five five million, but his annual val annual value on his new contract is thirty five million. So regardless, you know, especially if you include incentives and stuff like that, he's on the right track to make some money finally, you know, not saying he hasn't made, I mean, hey, 10, you know, 17.55 million is a really good thing to have for us. But, um, you know, uh, you know, it really does. I would love to have a million right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the best part about this contract is that it doesn't like he'll, he'll, it will. I mean, if he hits all of incentives, yeah, we're going to have to do some cap magic towards the end of the season just to stay under the the threshold but it doesn't prevent the team from going out and getting free agents and draft picks and you know getting all these guys into the team because you know the 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 number that's on the books at the beginning of the season at least is only 25 million which amounts to you know what less than 10 percent of your or maybe a little over 10 percent of your your cap in in an era where quarterbacks are taking up you know at least 25 percent of your cap right yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be 35 million, but I don't think it's going to get to a point where, um, depending on how other contracts shake out, I don't think we're going to be hitting the cap that much. I think a lot of teams, they already did like their thing with the teams where like they said, what's their cap space for the given season that includes their incentives to players and all that type of stuff. Um, I didn't really see the numbers for like Seahawks, but it was well within the margins where it's supposed to be. And I think we have enough buffer room to, you know, pay out. Uh, Gino, if he, you know, if he fulfills his like incentives of playing, you know, playing in the playoffs, Super Bowl, all that good stuff, right? So I'm, you know, hey, I love that we got him contracted for three years. At the very least, anything kind of goes in terms of what we do in the draft these next, this upcoming draft, because one, we have a a top five overall pick that can go anywhere. It could be a QB, it could be an edge, it could be whatever you want it to be. Well, best player available, if not a QB. So. You know, at the very least, they'll have to be behind uh, Gino if we were to get a quarterback or otherwise. 
So yep. regardless, I love the deal. It's it's actually team friendly on the Seahawks. While at the end of the day, for Geno Smith, he gets paid. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, like I was saying, like we, it's we, we're we can build around him, and that's the thing is that you know, if 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 he has the opportunity to maybe I mean we'll, we'll might maybe we'll go and sign an offensive lineman instead of drafting one, and you know with that money can come from the the fact that. Uh, you know, upfront, Gino isn't as expensive until you know until he hits his milestones, and so mm-hmm. that th- those kind of things, you know, it's more it's a you know help us help you type of thing, and that's that's the that's the thing that you like to see because it's you know it's a win for all parties in my opinion. Oh yeah, I I think that's what we always wanted at the end of the day, like something that satisfies both sides. So right yeah. now, I'm just gonna say you know on to free agency, which should be next week on the fifteenth um it's gonna be really good you know so there's a lot of players out there uh, hopefully like you said you want to sign an offensive lineman uh, moving on from Gino, if you want to sign an offensive lineman of some kind you got currently with the asterisk you have orlando brown jr out there from kc if he's still up by the 15th taylor lewan you know donovan smith rodney hudson uh so on and so forth but not a lot of Unfortunately, there's a lot of tackles, and I I do see some centers and stuff out there. Which, oh my gosh, if we go for Rodney Hudson, I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, if we do that, I I will not be. I will voice my disappointment thoroughly. <laughs> that's oh, that's the nicest way of putting it. Just because we're doing the same shit over and over again, man. We just keep finding these like vets that are on the tail end of their careers. We need to build long term. The, the trenches are important. Yeah, I mean, there's some young players out there and stuff we can probably pull at guard and stuff like that. But in terms of like how they play and if they fit in our system, that's just going to have to be left up to the good old GM and Pete Carroll, right? Good old John Schneider and them. Good old John Schneider. Hey, I mean, they they kind of earned our trust back last year. And so I think that's uh, I think giving them the uh, the benefit of the doubt is is due again. Yeah, but other than that, what else you got for us on any uh, other releases and things of that nature for free agency? Yeah, well, really quick. Well, I mean, at the time of this recording, the only name that I've seen so far, I don't know if you've seen anyone else, is Ugo Amadi signed with the Saints. You know, he was kind of a rotational player for us at that nickel, you know, free safety type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he kind of fell down the pecking order with uh, with other guys that were on the team, so... Good to see that he's over on a, in a in a place where he maybe will get some more minutes, but that's the only releaser player that we haven't retained at least so far. We haven't actually gotten into that part of free agency or you know the off season where where heads start rolling. <laughs> it wasn't Ugo Amadi, one of our safety turn corners. I know we had Trey Flowers, but I'm, I'm trying to remember if Ugo Amadi was also. He was. I think he was like a. I think he was a safety that played nickel. I think so. He or maybe he'd be. I think he was in that three safety set. You know, like before. Yeah. Before it was a three safety set, like we had last year that we we're trying to do, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were rotating that uh, that slot corner position, especially with the uh, um, who was it? Was it Kobe Bryant that was playing that position for us, or was it Trey Brown? Kobe Bryant last year, yeah. Okay, because I, I know we were waiting on Trey Brown to get back from injury yeah, he, and stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. So I, we had like a little bit of, I think we even had Tevin Coleman back at the slot. Was it Tevin Coleman? Justin Coleman. Justin, oh my gosh. Tevin See, Coleman's a running back. <laughs> I'm about to go all the way back. I know some some fan is like, sir, sir. I always, it's, it's, the, it's the first name that got me. 
Yeah. But uh, and the last name. Ugh. Either way, um, the whole name, the whole name, the whole name. Uh, so Justin Coleman. Uh, yeah. And was, I don't know if he actually I mean, he was great with us when we won the Super Bowl. But, you know, obviously he wasn't the same player that he was back then. So, yeah, I remember he got a big contract after like our Super Dallas Bowl win. or something or not yeah. Dallas, Detroit might have been. Yeah. Either way, he definitely I mean, he came back like just to be on our roster again. But then like, you know, just good depth that corner, which we had a really good depth by the way. So, hey, Ugo Amade, I think it's about time to let him go. Um, he's, he was good while he was up. And I think I remember he was actually supposed to be like a star for us, but then he got that one injury in his leg at one point, if I remember Yeah, I mean, that was, that was him. Marquise Blair also had that injury. And, oh, you know, my gosh. I remember that year. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was a just terrible like, year. <laughs> yeah, Marquise Blair actually like had that like Jamal Adams type of vibes, hard hitter. Like, you know, yeah, was, he kind of had that like persona. But injuries, man. You can't predict yeah. him when we can't. You can't predict him when you're at the combine. Yeah, um, that's very true. Very, very true. So, I mean, at the end of the day, here we only saw Ugo Amadi. Um, we also have, I guess, next up, we also have some free agents out there that we are kind of looking at, hopefully to acquire. But um, so, of course, everyone knows for the Seahawks that um, we have no linebackers right now. <laughs> Jordan Brooks is injured. That's and Cody Barton's on free agency. Yeah, Cody Barton's up for uh, is up for free agency. I feel like we're going to sign him. I think it's just a matter of like getting the numbers down. But if because we need the depth, uh, at the very least, he'll be a depth signing. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, we have some names out there we wanted to uh, bring out. So we have like Tremaine Edmonds, Levante David, T.J. Edwards, David Long, and even Eric Kendricks from the Vikings are all up. You know, as notable LBs, but one big name. The one name that you know Seahawks are gonna go after, Bobby Wagner. <laughs> he has to bring him home. Too. <laughs> come home, Bobby. Come I home, mean, Bobby. You, you had a good time with the Rams, and you thought you were on a team that was supposed to go right back to the Super Bowl, you know. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, we we all saw how that happened, and um, we're gonna definitely get into it when we talk uh, when we go around the league for uh, a lot of the free agency signings and if teams were doing any roster changes they're in rebuild mode cardinals are in rebuild mode full-on rebuild at this point if not a reload i think cardinals can maybe i would say they have they need two years to reload but rams it's like they're sinking towards a rebuild as uh we've also gotten word that uh some of their big players on the rams are also up for trades jalen ramsey <laughs> yep so you know how those go. That's basically just like a, we need picks because yeah. um, I, I think our team can't win another Super Bowl the way it is. Allen Robinson, I think I heard was on the trading block, too. Yes, he is. And I have that and I have that down for us as a talking point later on and we'll get there. But other than that, Bobby Wagner, hopefully we can get him to like a one year, maybe a two year deal. I don't know how he feels about come home, Bobby. Yeah, just come home first. And we'll talk about all everything later. Just come on back, man, because you, you saw what we were doing. We just need help on the defense yeah. yet again. <laughs> and, you know, like the I think the rumor mill got churning really quick because on uh, his Twitter, like uh, banner, he changed it to like the Seattle skyline, like completely unprompted. So it, it's just uh, like where else like, is he going to go to that? Like at least knows like we're on one where city the city loves him. Yeah, to you can at least have a familiar defensive scheme, because if if anything, um. You know, you know, before Luke Keekley had to retire due to his injuries and stuff like that, like Bobby Wagner was like literally like side to side with Luke Keekley as like the greatest linebackers in the NFL. Mm. And he he showed his ass off on the Rams when especially when we faced him 
twice. So oh, yeah. <laughs> please come back, Bobby. You know, and uh, we didn't really mention this too in terms mm-hmm. of signings, but um, we uh, one uh, one name that we uh, one name that's no longer with the Seahawks that we should probably mention, and a new name that's come in that we should probably mention. Sean Desai is no longer part of our coaching staff. He's now on the Eagles. He's taking over the defensive coordinator position that was vacated by Pee Wee Herman, who is now the coach of the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Man, that dude is so cringy. <laughs> I'm I was just like, what the fuck I is this? That. I was like, good luck, Cardinals. Um, you know, hopefully you get a little something out of there. You got a stepdad um, as a head coach. <laughs> Oliver Oliver wasn't pretty excited, wasn't too excited about it either. But unfortunately, you just got to deal. I mean, it's either that or you're going to keep your old uh, your old coach who, you know, had a whole house and everything out there. Yeah. So Sean decided, you know, he was he was kind of credited, credited with a lot of our defensive turnaround. So I imagine he's going to have a lot of success over there and. In Philadelphia, I'm sure he'll fit right in. I mean, he was he was DC for Bears for one season. I think he got fired because the whole coaching staff got fired or something yeah, along those lines. That right there. Yeah, and a new a new name that's being brought in. Brandon Jordan, pass rushing specialist. Mm-hmm. Seahawks have hired him. He's worked with guys like I think Von Miller, Ed Oliver, Oliver um, T.J. Watt. Jadavian Clowney, Chandler Jones, Cameron Hayward. He's worked with a lot of big are you, names. Are you trying to say something about our D line or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And so he is like a, I mean, he, I think he has his own like setup, you know, in terms of like off season training and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And all these guys kind of came through from in, the, in it through his setup. And so, you know, now with, you know, with guys like a Chen hopefully we get more players coming in. We might be looking at a completely different front seven in terms of scheme and not just personnel. How so with this game? Uh, I don't know too much about him in detail, but I think he—he, he, I think he's more of a three-four guy. So we're finally bringing in more like expertise in that sort of scheme, so that we, because our th- our thing last year was that we were playing a lot of people out of position, right? And yeah. so I think I think he has better experience. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Clint Hurt or anything like that. It's just good to have more voice, more. It's always good to have more experience in the in the uh, in the managers or you're the the coaches coaches room. And what um what was it? And what position was he? It was pass rushing specialist or is it pass rushing post? specifically pass rushing specialist? Okay, because like Sean Desai, Sean Desai also had like a like an assistant head coach. Yeah, he was like that. a defensive analyst or a defensive quality control. You know, one of those guys. It, they come up with a lot of these. A lot of the things now is just like you know, it's it's like building a building a company right you know you, you you find the responsibilities and you figure out the title later mm-hmm. and so sean desai was involved a lot with things like he had his hands in a lot of things but they just kind of slapped the title on him okay that makes sense because like well one if he's supposed to come in as a pass rushing specialist that just shows you that we need help with our pass rush as you can see it's not the worst but it's still frustrating if you will yeah i don't think we need to show that i think the player should, but i think it's more about you want to make this kind of move leading up to the draft, right? Because mm-hmm. when you or even leading up to the combine, you know, seeing all the people that are out there so you can draft your kind of guys moving forward. You're not trying to fit square pegs and circle holes because maybe three, four, there's no such thing as a universal three, four scheme. You know, a lot of people have their own you know, variation on where the, the emphasis on pressure comes from and that kind of thing. So if you get the right kind of voices in that you can think long term, I think this is probably the right move to do leading up to the draft. So what and you're free also agency. saying, but what you're also saying is that Seahawks take an edge with their first pick. I mean, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully. I hope I so. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> all right, just to, just to reiterate, reiterate for the audience, because we haven't been on for a long time. The trenches are our areas of priority, I think, on both sides of the ball. You know, yes. maybe not in terms of like where our first four picks should go, uh, but definitely like defensive side of the things we wouldn't be we wouldn't be upset if we took a we took a a wrecking ball in the in the with our number five pick it's if i feel like it's time for us to have that edge rusher that everyone is scared of and i don't know who it's going to be you know with the recent stuff with jalen carter which he's been you know released and all that stuff he's he went back to the combine you know all that good stuff so is Jalen Carter going to be there? Will he go lower? Is he still going to get picked like maybe the same area somewhere in the top four, right? Uh, along with Will Anderson Jr. And then, of course, there's a lot of other. Basically, it's a strong edge yeah. class this year. And my thing is I want the Seahawks to have some piece of the pie when it comes to um, getting you know that edge that we've been looking for for a while. I guess I, I will just say, honestly, ever since what? Frank Clark was here with the Seahawks, if not... Um, who was with who was with us for like that one season? Then we let him go, and he went to KC. Um, the vet defensive end. Oh, Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, like Carlos Dunlap was really good for us, but then it was just like, yeah, no, we don't want we want to stay younger, or we don't want to pay that much. I don't know, man. I there's, feel like there's there, a there's an aversion with our with our team and paying not necessarily defensive linemen because they they paid I believe they paid Puna Ford already yeah. something. But it's like paying for those edges or like those outside line, those oddball linebackers, if you will. So, and you know, maybe that comes down back to like why we hired a pass rush specialist, you know, somebody to say, like, hey, this guy is actually like good for us long term, right? You know, obviously, I mean, everybody has an eye test when they see an edge rusher, right? I mean, the, the, the very, the very minimal eye test is how many sacks or pressures they get. But, you know, um, in terms of like coaching staff, you know, how well do they set an edge? Cause that's extremely important for teams that are, I mean, running the ball is becoming sexy again. Like we've said time and time again. So we need that out of it. Out of we a, we, we learned edge. the hard way that running the ball is becoming sexy again, as you can see with Josh Jacobs yeah, and Josh the Raiders. Jacobs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, Carolina. On the anniversary of when a previous Raiders running back went hard on the Seahawks. If you remember. Yeah. Yep. Was, it was Bo Jackson, right? Bo Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Fucking three hundred yards he put up on us, Josh Jacobs. You wish we read that. <laughs> yeah, shit. I fucking I love that. Why'd you have to bring that up, man? We were so positive. Because you know, I mean, that's but that's the thing. That's why Pete and well, really, Pete was saying we need more like problem guys on the D line because we don't have we need them. menaces. Right, we need some menaces on that line. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the ones that are just like I don't care if they cause a little a few flags here and there, but like you know they mean business. Yeah, Grant, I don't want no flags. Don't get me wrong. No, I ain't gonna put that. on. But like you know, like he, the the uh, the example is always Aaron Donald, right? Because if he's he's always in the middle of the line and you don't get, you know, no matter what you throw at him, that man's a problem. We just want we just want problems for the other team. We don't want problems for ourselves. <laughs> Straight problem. Yeah, 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 pro- yeah. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. So again, this is like historical for the Seahawks with how we have a number five pick. Um, I forgot how high has it been since we've had a very high first round pick. I think it was like either early 1980s, if not very early. Oh, 2000s. yeah. Yeah. If I early correctly. 2000s at best. At best. Right. So that's also why, like, you know, whether you think it's you know, or for mid some 2000s, people, I would say. Yeah. Because like, we had those Matt Hasselbeck, Sean Alexander. 2003, right? 2003, four or five. It was like around that era. I think I heard yeah. something about us having a very high pick. But 
regardless, that's why you see Pete Carroll kind of saying like, we're going to, I mean, we're going to do our due diligence and look at these quarterbacks too, because when are we ever going to have a number five overall pick? Like you, that means you would have to suck yeah. so hard <laughs> just to get to that spot. And thank you Broncos. Right. Let's ride. If we, if we had a season where we had another top five pick, they would just let Pete Carroll out the door. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, like in terms of quarterbacks, like, you know, the the name that's been thrown around. I mean, we're skipping around a little bit when I when I bring this up. But it's OK. Anthony Richardson, he yeah. he completely blew up the combine, like in terms of like the his measurables. Apparently he has like an, he had like an instant rapport with Pete Carroll. My question is, at number five, do we take him or, you know, now that we gave Gino that number that uh, contract? Do we try to build our trenches? You you can still, I would say, if you, man, taking them at number five though, my, yeah. I, feel, I get a feeling, right? So, uh, with so Anthony let me let me let me give a little preface. Speak. My oh, assumption ahead, is ahead. that we would take him at number five, or you know, whatever our first pick is, because I don't think he would drop all the way to our our second pick. What's it, nineteen or twenty? I feel like if he does, maybe we would take it. But I don't that's know. why. I'm, so that's why I'm I'm concerned because like I understand because of his one. Um, his vertical was uh, 40 foot, five inches. That's a best ever by a quarterback in the NFL. His broad jump was 10 feet, nine inches. Uh, also best ever by a quarterback. He is uh, almost six foot one, 240 or six foot four, I believe. Um, yeah, he's a good six size. Foot four inches and I think like a quarter, 244 pounds, ran a four, four, four at the 40. Yeah. So you know, the, in terms the, the, of the athletic athleticism of him you know, star athlete. We already knew this. And now it's just a matter of like probably taking a year and getting his mechanics. Um, it's not like his mechanics are like horrendous. Mind you, he was just playing with a bad receiver core in uh, Florida. He's putting up numbers to too. Film. Yes. Uh, most definitely. Uh, especially like even when you're trying to like bomb, throw a bomb down the field and stuff like that. I saw all of that. Um, Anthony Richardson, like he could be a good one. I actually thought he was supposed to go lower. That's also why I was like, maybe with our second pick, we pick him up after we pick an edge yeah. or something like that. But now that this has happened with the combine, you know, he might move up. Yeah. Who knows? And, you know, like I like the fact that we have Gino, you know, so that way, A, it's a mentor. B, he doesn't have to get thrown in the fire really quick because we know how badly that could screw up any young quarterback's career. Um, but yeah, that's the, that, it's hard to predict how the quarterback would jumps from college to the NFL, right? If anybody could do it, then you would have guys like, you know, Zach Wilson, that kind of struggle, or, you know, your Josh Rosen's, you know, those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see what happens with him um, as we get closer. I think he's, I think his draft, uh, his draft stock went up. Um, Haven't heard. I think even CJ Stroud's draft stock went up too. So basically that's like your top three quarterbacks right there. I'm thinking Will Levis, He's going to go somewhere. That's like your four. Your, your All your four backs. Bryce Young, too. There you go. So yeah. that's like your four quarterbacks that everyone keeps talking about. Um, and uh, I also heard, I, I'm going to jump around a little bit real quick before we move on, that the Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who also had a uh, ACL tear, he had his surgery about, he's three months out of surgery, and, and doctors are also saying um, he should be good for the season opener. So there's also Hendon Hooker. Like, let's just say if we go like a very late pick or something. Yeah, like I'm a four, like a Malik Willis was, I believe, third, high third, third wasn't he? High third, something like I, in that ballpark. You know, that's third, fourth round pick. I mm -hmm. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Shoot, man, because I'm trying to remember what our uh, what actually. If I, if I'm being honest, like since we kind of have like a quarterback situation at least for the interim, mm -hmm. 
What's up? Using a, a for me using a later round, a mid to late round pick on a quarterback, that's kind of like a flyer. Just like if they do well, then fantastic. If not, then you know you could try again next year type of thing. But unfortunately, you can't always have that gem in yeah. a late round pick spot, right? Granted, don't get me wrong. I would. I feel like because I don't know what happened was going to happen with Drew Locke. I have not heard anything on Drew Locke right now. He's a free. He's going to be up for free agency. So I'm. I get a feeling that will probably, if anything, let's say we don't go QB. Like our top picks, it's not going towards a QB. We're trying to build everything else in the team out. Like you know, build the team before you bring a quarterback in. I think we're going to go late round, and that person's going to probably be a backup at best. If or at worst, if not, like eventually get good enough to start for the team. I don't know who that is, but I feel like we're going to have a late round pick on a quarterback in the draft. I mean, you know, the the evaluation process isn't perfect, right? I mean, you you you've mentioned it. I mentioned it. It's the environment, the system, you know, is so important to a quarterback's growth. So that you guys you can have guys like staff. You better have a coaching good coaching staff. staff. And, and you know, like a coaching staff that doesn't just kind of put it all on your shoulders. I think that's what kind of threw Danny Jones's career off at the beginning is that they kind of threw him in the fire and said, you know, be Tom Brady or, you know, something like that. But you have be guys like Brock Purdy. Yeah, be the hero. But you have guys like Brock Purdy where, you know, the game is kind of managed for them from the play calling aspect, right? Where they 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 already know the kind of identity they have on offense and Brock Purdy just kind of slots in as a guy that feels like responsibilities because someone's got to throw it to Debo or someone's got to throw it to CMC or someone's got to throw it to Kittle, right? Yeah, basically. So we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks coming in. I just feel like I don't, I don't think we're going to go a quarterback in my own opinion. Um, if, I mean, if they take one, if they take one of the, like, if, if somehow Bryce, I, I highly doubt Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is going to fall. But if I, I know, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Anthony Richardson will be there at five, but I don't know if we'll take him that high. I wouldn't take him that high personally. I would just, man, get that edge that we owe. Cause I don't care if you get a quarterback, he's not going to fix the whole team. Even if it, he becomes really good and later, I don't, it, it's different when you have a high octane offense and no defense. Yeah. So I um, mean, that's like, just what I don't want us to fall into is all. And you know, if a team is completely enamored with him and they want to like, the name I keep seeing being thrown around for like trades is like Carolina from nine to yeah you know higher up if they want to give up if they want to give us like a bunch of picks to move up four spots we might be able to still get because we we talked about this before we started recording right where we with a with an edge rusher or you know which whatever with whatever position there's a set of responsibilities in last year's draft with how many wide receivers there are that kind of you could have had your pick and you would have had a good wide receiver regardless right Basically. If we can, if you can, if they're, if the edge is as deep as it is like that, as the wide receiver class was last year, then, you know, moving down, you can still have some level of success and set yourself up for the future. And that's why, like I was saying that edge is the best um, draft class. It's very deep this year. So like we could, we may not get Tyree Wilson, who I've been hearing his name has, his draft stock has been going up as of late. So we could take him at five or we could try to, dra- you know, trade down to nine and see what other edge is left. But if we get more picks, so be it. Um, again, edges, the edge class is deep this year. Um, there's a lot of, if not like your blue collar, um, your blue, not blue collar, your blue chip um, uh, defensive players. Like I think the top two would just be Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter, wherever Carter will fall to. Um, after that, you still got a solid set of edge players to pick up afterwards. So like from Clemson, from everywhere else, you know, uh, you have players to pick up. So I can see us trading down to nine 
and we still get another well if we get a we get a first round pick next year and then we just have like two picks this year two picks next year that that get a quarterback next year right and that could be something from john schneider too depends on if we do trade with the panthers if they have a bad season but regardless we'll still have two first round not a lot of not a lot of quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks come in and have a stellar first season you know you can look through lawrence did it but then he had the great season afterward which is this past season (laughs) i mean you look at all the names like you know like Joe Burrow didn't really have a good. I mean, he had he tore his ACL, so that's not fair. Um, Zach Wilson Super Bowl did the next it. season, though. He did, and so we wouldn't that that the the two years later isn't what we care about. The the year after is what we care about because that's the the pick that you'd be getting right. But then you get Facts. even like Peyton Manning had like historically awful season like in his rookie year. So oh man, but then they came back that that year after and after that improvement. So because I'm not gonna say I want this one rookie right here. He's going to save our season right now. <laughs> He's not an Andrew I mean, that's, a, that's the kind of things that you see like on ESPN, but that's kind of a head-ass way of looking at it if you're if you're trying to, you know, just be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Facts, facts. So um, just to kind of wrap up our stuff on the Seahawks, I just want us to say that I, I am going to plan a mock draft. I want to do a mock draft for us. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think what we'll do is either we can have something set up for you too, or we can just set it for the podcast. Regardless, um, we're gonna get a mock draft out right before. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna try. I want to see if we can get it up before the free agency or right after free agency starts. Because I already know for Seahawks, we're gonna probably have one to two picks, like one to two not picks, but one to two like signings, and then we're just done. So we can save that cap and move it over to next year. But um, that's pretty much all I had on that side of things. Uh, and finally, I kind of put a little section of like, who do you want to see the Seahawks get in the draft? And I saw some footage on uh, the tight end, I think from Georgia, Darnell Washington. Dude's a fucking animal. <laughs> Yo, because like he, it was funny because like it, they showed another tight end like doing all the same drills. And then like he was pushing sleds and stuff like that. And that tight end was just like, ah, I can barely push it. They're like, yeah, good stuff. But then Darnell Washington said, here, hold my beer real quick. <laughs> Like he just basically moved that sled like yards down the field. And I said, you see that right there? That's the, that's the tight end the Seahawks wanted all along. Oh, yeah. That, that sixth <laughs> offensive lineman. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot the, like the, his. The right, right tackle. Yeah, right. The probably... right, right. The extra the extra lineman that every, uh, every franchise needs is in Darnell Washington. So I'm basically seeing him going up in some tight end stocks. But regardless, I think it's a, still a solid tight end class, which. Don't be surprised if you see if you see the Seahawks sending a late pick towards a tight end. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Just because Noah Fant is a name that might be on the chopping board just for cap casualties kind of thing. I don't think we have issues with cap uh, on our end because we have like last time I checked, it was like 20 something or 30 something million. So it was just a matter of like signing who we can sign. Noah Fant, I thought he's under contract for another season. So he has this upcoming season, I believe. And then we can talk if he's going to stay or not. But tight ends are are relatively cheap um, compared to some other positions. Unless you're TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> fourth right? Round, fourth so that's all. That's all I'm just saying. Like, because I know we have TJ Hawkinson at tight end. He's been solid. He was actually getting some more play time, which I'm happy he has. And then of course, you know, Will Disley. But then Will Disley has like ACL um, tears in both of his legs. So my bad. I think I crossed your wires when I was saying TJ Hawkinson. I was talking about the Vikings guy. You might be talking about Colby Parkinson. I'm talking about Colby Parkinson. You're... <laughs> I crossed no. your wires there a little bit. Yeah, you got me. Oh no. Oh man, Hawkinson from uh, he's on yeah on the Vikings now. He had an yeah. excellent year, but unfortunately, yeah. you know, it's one of the man. If the, if the Detroit Lions kept him though. Dude, that that, that, that team. Had. What 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 was it last year about teams turning it around after trading away like one of their best players? Like 
Panthers did it with CMC. Like oh, the Lions did it with the uh, Hawkinson. Like that's that's unreal, right? I think it, I think that was more of like a we're not going to pay him kind of thing. Slash, like I don't I don't even know their cap. I don't know what their cap situation is. I know it's not as bad as other teams, but yeah. it's still funny that it all happened. And then like they still went on to have a good streak uh, compared to the others. So you know, again, Darnell Washington, he looks really good. I know he's going to go high, probably like a uh, second round to somebody because I don't see any. I don't really see a tight end. Well, actually, no, I do see a tight end going that high, but that depends on what Dallas does because Dal- Dalton Schultz is still not signed or tagged. So we'll see what happens. So don't yeah. be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the combine itself, it's, uh, I mean, it's been having like its own little moments too. Like, did you see that picture of uh, like Bryce Young standing next to like other quarterbacks in that draft class? And he just looks like a, like a kid. Oh like yeah, that. like yeah, I think is short. That's what people have been saying. He no, doesn't but, uh, have the size. <laughs> the uh, I think the um, the funny bit with that is that Alabama lists his height as six as six foot, and I think he is like slightly over five ten at the combine. So, like that, that's like what that was like one of the things where like shit, man. This guy's actually football, you know college football be lying about oh, yeah. uh, certain yeah. things like just they they like the weight they might add an extra 10, 15 pounds to you. NBA height, does they, it too all the time too. It's just oh, like a yeah, thing, man. Come on, who doesn't do that? Because what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Actually, I need you to get on the scale right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to get on the scale if you want to get in the game. Yeah, but Bryce Young, no matter what you say about him in terms of like his size and stuff, he's still gonna be like the first quarterback off the board at one or two. Yeah. Um, so not one, but at two or yeah, I think three. No, was it two and four? Regardless, um, uh, there's there's quarterback needy teams, and I think Houston Texans are going to still try to go hard for uh, um, for Bryce Young, especially when they're at number two right now. Meaning that uh, anyone can trade for that number one pick. That's yeah, the, the that's Colts a... could do it. You know, that's the issue. Like, do you want your rival to do it, or you want you to do it? Because if you miss out, you miss out. Yeah, and if you're, I mean, like, if you're a Bears fan, you're just kind of like. This is kind of a weird situation. People just, like, I mean, like, what if you, watering over the like, the like we could still get picks. Yeah, because, you know, if Houston is offering you something that you t- you absolutely take that, if no, if nothing else, because you're not losing out on the guy that you want, because, you know, Houston's going to take a quarterback, right? Like, that's well, guaranteed. Yeah, but you're at two, but you'll be at two. It's not like you're going down like five. That's what I mean, six. is that like oh if, you, if, if Houston is offering you like capital just for the the security of being able to draft whichever quarterback they want so that no one else trades with the bears is what i mean yeah i wonder then what you, that would look like like what would a tra- i think the trade package from 2 to 1 is not as big not as, as much, some but, other ones so at least but you still take it that's what i mean yeah you'll get another pick next year and probably like a high second round pick at i think it's like it's like my pick a high second and then a next year first for that going from 2 to 1 i think that's like a typical one unless they add more um so again, I know that I know the Bears are going to be listening to a lot of a lot of calls, especially leading up to, and then of course on the day of, yeah. if they haven't uh, traded it yet, which they don't wait, they wait to like the day of to make those trades, just because. Um, but yeah, no. But other than that, uh, Darnell Washington's a monster blocking tight end that can uh, who can catch and run really fast. So I mean, hey, he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna have a good time somewhere. Uh, I wouldn't mind picking him up, and we can have him and Noah Fant as our tight end one and two. Um, but regardless, I think we have enough tight ends and you're not going to see us pick up one. So oh, yeah. Let us go around the league. <laughs> around the league. Right. So first up, Jets flew out to meet with Aaron Rodgers. I really don't give thing? a shit about Aaron Rodgers. Man. <laughs> I it, 
Actually, you know what? I found out when he was do- he was doing his little darkness therapy. He was in Southern Oregon. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what what's what's going on down so there?" Basically, are you gonna? I need you to. I need you to do me a favor and go and do one of these um these darkness retreats for me. I I can't imagine doing one of those, man. Because that man was talking about how he was pooping in darkness and like he said it was a clean wipe in darkness. And I was like, "What is what does that mean, Aaron? What does that mean?" He was like, "It was a clean <laughs> wipe. It was really yeah, really good. Clean wipe." Just, like, man, okay. lay up the ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. He had ayahuasca too while doing it, but hey, um, Jets are trying to get a quarterback. They're unsatisfied with their set of quarterbacks that they have because um, Joe Flacco's not a lead anymore. What's one? Um, Zach Wilson is not the one. Uh, so yeah, I could see the Jets actually going out of their way to go and meet with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Will he go to the Jets? I don't know. That man's going to wait and then just hit you out of nowhere with like a, I you did up. this one thing. <laughs> Basically, you up. Okay, with, with 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 regards to the Jets. Yeah. They're as an organ as a as a, in terms of personnel, quarterback is pretty much I think the only thing that they're missing. I think that's established. I mean, they'll probably do with more maybe maybe some depth on the off, on the trenches. They need get a tackle. a tackle. You know, there are Dwayne Brown ain't going to hold that he going to hold that left tackle spot for long. That's for all sure. I can say. And so, you know, with if you're just looking for like a quick plug and play, then Aaron Rodgers is probably the name, you know, that that goes out there first. Get him for a year or two and then move on, because I mean, I feel like that's depending on what kind of organization the Jets are. A lot of teams are doing the uh, sell the kitchen sink so that they can win a Super Bowl now. And, you know, if if they can if they can make win now moves and, you know, put them over the top, then the results justify the means. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, It's weird to see even the possibility because of just how teams have changed over the last five to ten years. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers being a Jets, uh, like being on the Jets in green? Weird. Right? That's just weird. Like, I mean, I know we're used to seeing him, like, obviously in Green Bay. But, like, it's still weird to say, man, the Jets. Like, man, where have the Jets gone to get to where they are to where it's like, yeah, hey, we still suck, but like we're but we're a good improving team, as you can see now. We just need that quarterback, and honestly, they got the tools. And stuff. They need the tackle. That's they literally got... that's why there be a lot of people are mocking a left tackle for them because I think they're going to make a move at quarterback in terms of a vet instead of trying to go after one. Because I think all the quarterbacks are going to be gone by the time you get to the Jets pick, which uh, it's it's really late. I think mm-hmm. no, it's thirteen. That's not bad. Not bad, but I don't think you're going to have like any of the premier quarterbacks, like the top four, I'll say, oh, the, yeah. ones that, the names that are going up and stuff like that. So um, that everyone wants. So, hey, I mean, that'll be interesting. Whatever quarterback comes in, the ones that were there last year were losing them games. Yes. So anybody that could just manage it's going to be a, an improvement. And Aaron Rodgers can do that. I just... Seeing him this past season on a Green Bay team without, you know, Devontae Adams for a good chunk of the season, that was weird. So I don't know if he's going to have that same issue again um, if he were to go to the Jets. But that's something to be on to, to keep an eye on, you know, going forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, Garrett Wilson is also also on that team. And so that's a, an enticing target. You know, um, I don't know what Brees Hall situation is, but. If he can come back and you know be healthy, he was explosive. So they have weapons on offense. It's it's really just build that trench and uh, get a quarterback to play behind him. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, again, they just need that quarterback, and that's let's see what happens, right? 
Yep. Uh, what do you next, got next up in news, uh, we got the Saints Alvin Kamara up for trial July thirty fourth, uh, July thirty first this year. Uh, he pled not guilty to conspiracy to commit battery, which was a misdemeanor, and substantial bodily harm, which was a felony in Nevada court. So remind me on this situation because I feel like it just kind of goes in and out of like the news. But isn't there a video of him just beating the shit out of someone on the street? I didn't look into it. I would. I mean, I I didn't see that stuff on like, um, that's weird because like it was also three others also that pled not guilty to battery charges too, but I don't see any evidence that I can see of him like whooping someone's ass though. Um, although I did actually no, I actually let me stop. There was that footage that won't that will not help him. <laughs> yeah, that came out. It was that footage. Yeah, and I I'm thought I heard like I thought I thought I heard about recording of him bragging about whooping someone's ass too. tmz released that video i remember now and basically the trial is up there on the 31st but at the same time the saints are in a in a position where look kamara is just i'm not gonna say he's not the same but like he's not gonna be utilized the same as how drew Brees utilized him right which was a pass catching running back that he could always just say well if no one's up if no one's open down the field hey alvin (laughs) hey alvin you know so um, that's he, he's up for a misdemeanor and a felony count, so you know he, he could actually face time. So, yeah. not sure how that's gonna go, <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, I think it's just gonna be one of those things that they'll have to wait and see. I mean, they got Derek Carr coming in, you know, that's a little bit down the down our little um sheet here, but you know, Derek Carr is coming in, he's obviously not the same kind of quarterback that Drew Brees is, like you're saying, but. Obviously, you don't want to lose one of your guys, so we'll see what happens with that case. But I don't, I don't have much else. Even on that. without, even without this happening, I felt like Alvin Kamara would have been like a um, a cap casualty, maybe if anything, because they they're they're way below cap. And I know they've done some stuff uh, recently. I think they've, I think they tag. No, they didn't tag. They signed. I thought they had uh, Taysom Hill, and someone else got signed to like some lower deals or something like that. If Andy not, Dalton, yeah, uh, or. Did they release them? I forget. Actually, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not a now, I do know Jameis Winston will be. <laughs> I, think, I do know Jameis Winston will be a cap casualty, though. And I got some news on. I have some uh, those figures on that when we get there below. But yeah, regardless, um, Kamara, it's up in July 31st. So I mean, if the if the evidence is damning, so be it at that point. Because I do remember that popped up during Pro Bowl, and then it just said, "Okay, let's sweep it to the side and let him play beforehand." So and likely he'll like experience like a suspension or if anything too, just for for it. But speaking of suspensions, NFL Uh-oh. reinstated Calvin Ridley. Yeah, um, the fact that he gambled like less than ten thousand dollars or something on his team, and then he got kicked out for a whole year was kind of wild for me. But it was almost as if they said he had insider knowledge. I'm like, he bet on his. While he was away from the team, while he was away, and I'm not saying okay, let's just say it is wrong to gamble, right? But a whole year, like okay, I felt like it was a that was like a lot, but now he's on the Jags and that wide receiver room for the Jags, especially after the year that they had, this is really good for them. Let's just talk about the op, uh, the the weapons that that team has on offense. Trevor Lawrence. Start helming it off with Doug Peterson's coaching. You know, he, he's a different Trevor Lawrence than he was. I remember that 31 30 game against the Chargers. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Travis Etienne at running back. Okay. Christian Kirk. 
Evan Ingram. He was, everyone was like, you overpaid Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk said, nah, I got my money. I, they I gave earned, me my money's worth. I earned that. <laughs> I earned that check. And Evan Ingram, franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now coming in Calvin Ridley, who was arguably the best receiver on on the Falcons before his whole, I mean, his whole situation. Mm-hmm. So, who was the other receiver they have? I, I don't know if they let him go, but Marvin, I think, was his... Uh... Marvin Jones, not Marvin Jones. What was his name? The other receiver. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, but uh, that's no, old. Just... Russell Gage. No, it's uh, the, 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 they have Zay Jones right now. Marvin Jones. That's who I was thinking of. And Jamal. Okay. They have Jamal Agnew now. I think they have Jamal Agnew. Wasn't Jamal no. Agnew on the Jacks at one point? He was on the he was on the uh, the Lions recently. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so basically you got Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, that'll be really nice. And then you have Marvin Jones Jr., who's like a solid, like you're a solid wide receiver three, because he was even solid as a wide receiver two for them. But um, and then Jamal Agnew, um, wide receiver four. So I think that's good. Obviously, they could probably go if they can go after another receiver. So be it. But regardless of the fact, uh, that's pretty cool. Well, Zay Jones is their slot receiver. So he's been, I think, a little a, a little solid for them. But regardless, that's still a good receiver uh, receiver room to have for a young quarterback. And you at least got that tied. You have Evan Ingram at least back for uh, another season, which fun fact, I might as well just talk about Evan Ingram. Real Adam's quick. fun facts. We haven't had Adam's fun facts for a little <laughs> he, while. Yeah. He had a career year in Jacksonville. So he earned that. I mean, I would say he, I would just say he earned a bit of a, a contract, but I guess they just couldn't come to numbers because they've only had him for that one season. But in that one season, he had a career year. Arguably the greatest season for a tight end in Jaguars franchise uh, history. So Jaguars fans, you can you can talk about this, uh, especially on YouTube with us. But um, he finished with a career high, 73 catches for 766 yards, which was both a franchise record for Jaguars tight ends in a season. He didn't finish higher than the touchdown department, but at the very least for catches and yards. Hey. Hey, I mean, if... If you find someone that works in your system, you know you, you try to keep them around. So hopefully they come to a come to a number for him. Facts. Um, but other than that, um, you know that's uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, we'll see uh, when we get. We'll see if he's you know still still as solid as he was when he was with the Falcons because he was he was really he was like the he was second. Great. Yeah, he was the second coming of like I wouldn't say second coming. I'm going a little too far, but he was a good complement receiver alongside Julio Jones while he was there. Oh, yeah. And then he actually took over that wide receiver one mantle um, when Julio Jones left or basically kind of had to get out due to injury and stuff like that. So, yeah, let's see what happens with our uh, Jaguars, your dark horse team coming into next year. Or you still need to think about it. They're going to be up there. I think I think they're going to be competitive. Yeah. In the AFC South. So. Yeah. <laughs> AFC South. God. <laughs> yeah. That's that's something else, too. Yeah, man. So, I mean, that's that'll be good to watch those games. Um, next up, we just have, uh, some good old fashioned roster moves for that good old cap space. Carson Wentz, that man, the, the man, the myth and the legend was let go by the commies. Gasp. <laughs> Gas. <gasps> no. Oh no. my gosh. Yeah. He wasn't ready. He was never ready. Um, <laughs> he was he's, never ready. uh, people have said that they've seen him out with his agents and that they're still trying to play in the NFL. He still but has I- agents. <laughs> yes. Who and represents point, Carson Wentz? At, right. At this wait, 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 point, though, wait, wait up. Who? Who? Carson Wentz to the Jets. <laughs> I think um, 
the Jets are do not want to have the same stuff that the Colts were having. Fourth time's the charm, buddy. No. Um, <laughs> the Jets just didn't do it with vet QBs to, like the Colts did. They tried to do it with a lot of like rookie, if not younger, quarterbacks. So what they're asking for at this point, they're, they're going the vet route. I just wouldn't go the Carson Wentz route. I think he's no. proved enough that don't go to Carson Wentz. Um, no matter what, I don't care what his agent tells he lose, you. He can lose you games. He literally can lose you games. <laughs> that is the baseline. That is the baseline of what a quarterback. I mean, like multiple times he's thrown left-handed picks in the end zone. Like, come yep. on. Beautiful. Like he ended the, uh, who was it? He was the Colts. Yeah. The Colts is playoff, playoff chance. When Jonathan he, Taylor was, was he was going. facing the Jags and the Jags were the worst team that year. And he <laughs> yeah. somehow found a Lost way. them he's twice. Like, didn't he? Twice. <laughs> yeah. He found a way. He found a way, you know, when, where there's a will, there's a way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, moving on. So, cause we're kind of going like now we're kind of going around the league in terms of like these cap savings and free agency signing slash tags. Um, Casey apparently is planning to release Frank Clark, the 29 year old defensive end, you know, uh, past Seahawks fan, uh, not past, but Seahawks fans knows Frank Clark very well. But uh, after they could not come together for a deal, which sounds very familiar, <laughs> uh, you know, like with us as well. Cause I think it was after the, was it after our first or second Super Bowl when like we basically just let Frank Clark go? Cause it was his contract year. I think it was a year or two after our Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Either way, he had, he basically came off a really great year and we were just like, yeah, no, we're, we got money tying up elsewhere and all that good stuff. So we, he went to KC and now Casey's doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like the life of a journeyman kind of, it's kind of turning out to be right. Yeah, he's going to get paid somewhere else, though, because he was the NFL's third all-time leading postseason sack leader, though, If for what it's only worth. Only 29? Only 29. So only 29. He's going to get big money, if anything. Right. At least like a three, two, three-year deal, because you know that's what's going to usually be uh, for someone of his age, right, at this yeah. point. Because it's funny, because, man, I remember when Frank Clark was drafted. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been that long already. Um, Cardinals expect to release uh, center Rodney Hudson, uh who is the vet from the Raiders, if um, everyone remembers that, and my receiver, Robbie Anderson. Hudson actually may be retiring. Uh, as uh, There's been stuff, uh, a uh, scene where they saw him reduce his salary to about $2 million, which is typical for uh, players that are about to basically retire. So we'll see. He's still deciding his future. It hasn't been said yet uh, as a recording today. And finally, of course, Robbie Anderson. Um, we are—I already knew that the Cardinals were going to cut him because it's a huge cap. Like you can even see this on over the cap. It was a huge cap saving. Um, cap. And that saving. team's in rebuild. Yeah, that, and that team's in rebuild. Uh, but when you can save twelve million dollars just by cutting somebody, I—it's—it's th- it's, unfortunately you're a cap casualty. Yeah, I mean, um, unless you're Aaron Donald. Oh yeah, unless you're Aaron Donald. Uh, Titans are also expected to release Bud Dupree, who was due 17 million this season, and uh, he's been solid um, for the Titans for a long time. For everyone that knows Bud Dupree, especially for that Titans defense, because everyone knows like the Titans defense, they hit, and they are like, oh yeah, my gosh, they're that big defense to always be hitting and like getting injured and stuff because of those big hits. But like they were basically a scrappy defensive team. Uh, Bud Dupree has been there for I think like 10 years now. If I oh, no, no, remember, no. was it? Eight, he nine? he was on he was on the Steelers first, but I think he was like. Three oh, that's four. right. He was he was he was. Uh, but no, can... he, he, that doesn't take anything away from how solid of a player he was. Oh yeah, facts. Um, he how long has he been? Oh, there he is. Yeah, he's been in the league for uh, what is that? Uh, Since twenty fifteen, it looks yeah. like yeah. Uh, about eight years in this eight eight yeah eight years in 
Uh, he was with the Steelers first, then got to the Titans. Had a, I feel like he had a good second comments, but like the Titans now are in rebuild mode because unfortunately they don't really have the quarterback. And I, we even heard rumors, or actually it was mentioned before that um, uh, their running back is up for uh, is up on the trade block. So yeah, Derrick Henry's King up Henry. for grabs. Kenyon Henry is apparently, hey, if someone has a good offer for that man, you can have him. But I'm trying to think of a team that's like we have everything and now we just need Derrick Henry. Running back. <laughs> Cowboys? Even if you put Derrick Henry there, actually that would help Dak out a lot, but I don't know if that will solve all of their problems. They have a lot more of the problems, to, but I don't know. That, that seems pretty... Oh my gosh, that's just You hate that I said that, didn't you? I hate that you said that because I can see it because they do need a they do need a running back. They're running back needy. That's why they're obviously mocked up to get uh was it Bijan Johnson? I think it was from the UT. So yeah. uh yeah, so if they were to <laughs> I don't know what they're willing to trade though, that's the issue. So regardless, uh, you know, that's it for Bud Dupree and uh for the Titans. It hasn't happened yet, but it's gonna it's going to happen, obviously. Um, said this before, but Vikings did let go uh, Eric Kendricks a while back, so he's he's out there in free agency. Um, going he'll land on a good team. He oh, he yeah. still got he's got left he's got stuff left in the tank. Oh yeah, he's he'll be a good. I would I I wouldn't mind taking him on on the Seahawks, but we are running a three four scheme, which I don't know if they switch. I think they switched to a three four recently, if I remember correctly. But regardless, um, I think he'll be a good fit wherever he goes. Like you oh, said. Yeah. Um, Next up, we got the Rams. We got two for the Rams. So the first one, let's talk about uh, uh, Allen Robertson. He, uh, the Rams have given permission. So this is what we mentioned earlier. Uh, Rams have given his agent permission to talk with other teams for a trade. While and, and on top of the fact that the Rams will pay a portion of his fifteen point two five million dollar contract, so they're just basically saying we want to get something back. We need picks. They're saying we we said fuck we will them pay picks. for it. We said fuck them picks. Now we want those picks. Like baby, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Hold yeah, up, I, I said too much, baby. Come on back. We need those picks. Yeah. So uh, that's one. And next up, they are also expected to release Leonard Floyd if they cannot. That's trade a big him. one. Yeah, he's been he's had about nine sacks in the past three seasons. So he's been like a consistent. Um, in each um, of the past three seasons, right? Yeah, each of the past three seasons, uh, he's been consistent in. Uh, he's been consistent for the Rams, but it's you know the Rams right now they're going on a bit of a rebuild. Matthew Stafford, his injuries are stacking up too. So uh, if the Rams were to right now, let's say if they can't trade him, um, if they were to uh, cut him before June first, that would be three million in cap savings, but nineteen million in dead money. But if they wait till post June first. Uh, fifteen point five million in the cap savings and six point five million over two years. So, I mean, they have a backup if they can basically because that the, what they're trying to do is get a lot of cap and get some picks. That's why they say they can't trade him. That's the formula. Um, other than that, that's all I had. Unless you had any other roster moves you wanted to mention. Now, I haven't seen anything major else come up. Uh, anything else major come up? So I think we could move on to free agent signings and tags because that's the. There's a, there's a bit of news in there. News because let's start it because there was a quarterback with a particular team where he said, you know what? We're not talking about these contract signings right here in the beginning of the season. We're just going to get through this season. The season's going to be the season. We'll talk after. That was Lamar Jackson. And no, he was not. He was not re-signed. He was actually tagged with the Ravens, which I can actually see this happening only because the Ravens are not used to paying 
for the quarterback position because last time they paid it, they got burnt with Joe Flacco yeah. <laughs> after his Super Bowl win. <laughs> so um, his payout will be uh, thirty two point four. I think it was four one four thirty two point forty one million dollars for the season. Um, teams can actually send in offers, um, which the uh, which Jackson can take, and I think it was uh, as long as they give. Uh, the Ravens, I think it was two first round picks or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, this is like the, the non-exclusive franchise tag, meaning like if, if Raven, if a t- another team offers Lamar Jackson a contract and Ravens don't match him, that team also has to send two picks. I think is the, is the, is the, is the deal. Yeah. And um, nothing else on that one. Um, I do know there are some teams that literally reportedly will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson, which yeah, was funny because they actually they actually said something like we're not going to pursue him. We're just not. No. Which is a weird thing to do, right? Like, <laughs> why why like why would you just come out and say that? Like, what is it? What what do you accomplish by saying you're not in the race for someone? It's we're just trying to like you know because there's a lot of quarterback needy uh, needy teams, but some of those teams um, are being the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers. The Commanders and finally the Raiders. Which I can't believe the I can't believe the the Commanders wouldn't go for him or the Dolphins. I mean, do you think Lamar Jackson can fix the whole Commanders team and franchise as a whole? If he were to go there, I would. If I was Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't accept that offer. I don't. The thing is, you don't want to go from somewhere where someone's been supporting you, like the Ravens, because let's be frank, they supported him, even gave him his own offense there, and you want to go to the Commanders. Yeah, but I mean, like the you can't you can't discount the fact that the Commanders have a lot of it's a good it's a good situation to jump into. That's one of my teams. I w- I personally would not want to go. Well, that's no a, that's more I, that's more of because of uh, Dan Snyder. But like you know, you got like Terry McLaurin as your as your wide receiver. You got what's his name? Brian not Brian Robinson or I think it's something Robinson. They just, yeah, just, they it just depends that front office. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that front office. I'm not talking about the players themselves. I know they got some star players. Don't get me don't don't get me wrong there. It's just that with the franchise where it's at, the, a lot of lawsuits and stuff. Like you don't know when shit's gonna hit the fan with the commanders front office. I feel like it's gonna happen at some point because you got the FBI still investigating. They just haven't said anything about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like one of those things, right? Like. Um... I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. You think the commander's yeah. going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon? No, but what I, what I was trying to say is someone in that front office said it was a good idea to go out and get Carson once. So, you know, you can you, the decision making up there. That was the owner. There. The owner himself. Yeah, Dan Snyder. But, like, you know, the, the, the front office made it happen. He ain't got anybody that in that front office that's a naysayer or anything like that, you know, to hold him in check. So, you know, they're, they're not the best decision makers up there. So you, you got a point there. Yeah. So, um. Well, you know, at least they have teams that say, hey, we're not going after him. So regardless, I don't know what teams would. I mean, sure, we could go after him, but I don't think we want to give up a lot of picks for him. And, and after we, we got Gino like down for a couple of years. Like, right. It's not going to be Seahawks, obviously. It just doesn't make sense. It would be something to think about, you know, <laughs> if we had Lamar Jackson. Just, you know, he's, he is a good player, um, in my opinion. So but we ain't regardless. playing Madden, right? So I mean, we gotta we gotta live with the, the Seahawks even after next season. What if Lamar Jackson went to the Seahawks? Let's play, you know. Yeah. So, um, regardless, at least the Ravens, he'll actually get paid. Um, basically for the franchise tag, you get paid on average, like compared to every other. I think the top five or something quarterbacks, uh, or top five or ten quarterback uh, salaries. So that's why it comes out to around thirty-two point four million, um, in total. So it's not like he's getting paid less or getting paid more. He's getting paid the average. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that'll be something if teams came in to uh to to you know 
to have them on their teams and like you know Ravens say yeah we'll, we'll accept because if they do that they're in rebuild mode in my opinion unless they get like a high enough pick to go get another quarterback so um highly doubtful uh next up we have uh KC um elect to not tag left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. um the tag was apparently too high for their tastes and they're still working out a deal but yeah, he could we potentially should, be a free agent we should yeah we should we should we should emphasize that you could still return to the to Casey. I mean, Casey made Casey cutting Frank Clark to free up, you know, X amount of money is kind of a it's it's a move that a lot of teams would make so that they can work out a long term deal for someone that they could see in their future. And Orlando Brown Jr. I mean, they pitched a shutout in the Super Bowl, so um, obviously they have a lot of faith in this offensive line. I imagine that they're going to try to work out a deal for him long term. Yeah, I mean, they have until March 15th before he can start listening to other teams. So he's still like a, I think, like a restricted tag, if anything. So regardless, like right now, um, they have until March 15th. So they have another week. I think they're going to come up with something, probably push off the, the money hits later, if anything, which honestly, for the for Casey, they should just do that. But that's just me. But we'll see what happens. But now there's some big news. Down in New Orleans, the Saints have chosen Derek Carr to be their quarterback. Four Ever- years, $150 million. Mm. What do they you gave think? Him a, they gave him a no-trade clause, too, which, if you recall, is kind of what put Raiders over the barrel. But I think they kind of they kind of know that Derek Carr, you know, he's either going to end his career here or, you know, he's probably, he's probably going to be around for a little bit. So... Hundred million guaranteed mm-hmm. cap hit seven and a half million in twenty twenty three, which is you know very manageable given how cash strapped the Saints are. Because they front loaded it a little bit, they gave him um I think it was like a fifty I think their signing bonus was like fifty something million, um and then like an extra ten million will come later like just for making the roster. That's uh why his he'll get about like seventy million outside, and that's why his cap hit is very low this upcoming season. Yeah. But later to, on, to, that cap hit's gonna hit them though, by the way. It's gonna be thirty million and then it's gonna go up to fifty million, and then after that it's a void year. Didn't so. you say like uh in one of the things that I think the someone tweeted, they said that like part of his signing bonus is vested after year one and that he'll get in like year three. I'm like, God damn, over the cap is probably having a field day with this thing. Oh, <laughs> over the cap actually broke it down too. So the short of it is he it's a hundred million guaranteed, sixty million fully guaranteed at signing. Um, and then per PFT, he received, okay, here it is. Uh, Derek Carr received a $28.5 million signing bonus since 23 and 24 base salaries are fully guaranteed. If on the roster in March of 24, a million, $10 million roster, but I would like to get $10 million just to appear and be, be there. Right. I would love $10 million. Um, it's due in 2025 will become fully guaranteed another 30 million in salary in 25 and so on and so forth. But, uh, uh, they they're assuming that there's a void year in there, but like we have, we're just assuming that there's a void year in, in there in general. But regardless, they're pushing off a little bit of that cap hit. It's it'll just be the typical. Um, I think it's supposed to be thirty five point seven million next year. Year after that, forty five point seven, and then fifty five point seven after that. So unless the Saints are about to go to the Super Bowl, um. I don't think you're going to keep him that full contract. I think they're going to let him go after some point if it doesn't work out. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that they'll just have to wait and see because we really don't know what kind of offense this will be once they have, like, a stable quarterback. And I think that's probably what they're looking for because even when they brought in Jameis, 
he he got injured in his very first year too and so like they've been running this carousel for so long that i think fans are just eager to see what stability looks like and you know as a jumping off point but guys around the around the team were excited cam jordan was excited michael thomas was excited and, you know, so is Michael Thomas going to be with the team? Though? That's the other thing I was kind of, when I saw Michael Thomas, he, Michael Thomas tweeted like, yes, Lord, or something like that. You know, uh, but, you know, he was I was thinking to myself, are you are you even going to be on the team? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, they still got to do some cat magic on his end. But uh, basically, they still got to do some cat magic in general. But um, Jameis Winston is going to be out. That's going to be a cap casualty just because they have four QBs. What isn't it like four, maybe five, if you want to include? No, it's four, including Taysom Hill. Um, so I think Jameis Winston's out the room is out the window. I think the Taysom Hill, um, the Taysom Hill experiment is over. Finally, he'll stay as a. I think he'll be that gadget player, but I would rather you just use Derek Carr, especially if you're paying him this much money. Um, so regardless, uh, what do you think? How do you think the Saints are going to do? I guess with this, like, where do you where do you see them right now in terms of next year? Middling, I, I can see them middling. I mean, people are going to kind of return to the roles that they were. I mean, after Taysom Hill is going to go back to being the gadget player, like you said, slash backup quarterback. So they'll they'll start doing that kind of thing again. Jameis Winston is probably going to be a cap casualty. Um, so that'll that'll kind of round that out in terms of how the team will perform. You know, like the I can see like the nine and eight type of season because, which would be an improvement. I think they're um, gonna. I think I believe they're actually gonna win that uh, that whole division. In my opinion, over the yeah, I can see that. That's the, that's not the, that's not hard to believe because Tom Brady retired. Tom Brady Saints retired. And, yeah, uh, Falcons have a young quarterback. Yep. Panthers don't know who their quarterback is yet. So. Basically, so like if anything, the Falcons will be your biggest one. You know, if Desmond Ritter can make a sophomore comeback right um but i i feel like that kind of puts them in the lead for the division now where does that mean for playoffs i'm not sure but they have a defense although cam jordan is a huge cap hit for them too so i don't i think they're gonna let cam jordan go too in my opinion especially when he's as old as he is he's like what, 36 now or something like that um so I, it's one of those things where it's like unless they say like hey right now this is a, this upcoming year is the year which is why they made it to where his cap hit is 7.5 mil, I guess. I, I'm wondering if they're going to try to go for, you know, all the marbles. Like, we're trying to go for that Super Bowl in that first year because after that, they have to definitely cut a lot of people off that team. It's not how you build a team is what, what, with what the Saints have right here. So, if hey, they can the Rams, make- The Rams just threw all their picks into something and got at least one Super Bowl. We ain't going to talk about what happened after, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, Rams fans aren't. We will. We loved it. <laughs> oh, we loved We enjoyed it, if you will. Um Next big, but uh, other than that, Derek Carr is in the Saints. We'll see how they do. I, I'm just predicting that they're going to just win out the division by how much. I don't know, but I think they're just going to win the division in general. Um, Giants, you know, that team over there, you know, up there in New York, they apparently tagged Saquon Barkley. So that's a $10.1 million thing um, uh, for running back but then they signed daniel jones to that four-year 160 million dollar deal with 82 million guaranteed at signing and apparently there's an extra 35 million incentives as well i don't like it (laughs) why was that well let's start off with what gave him a lot of success last year i mean we we talked about like you know Giants kind of had like the same thing. They were, I mean, it was just kind of ridiculous last year in terms of like the number of teams that had really good first halves, really bad second halves, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Because I mean, 
Like you can you can say like we were in there, you know, Lions were on the other side, Panthers were on the other side, Jets, you know, they had a good first half, um, Commanders, and you know, every it just it just seemed pretty wild. But forty million dollars a year, I think, or what is the annual cap? Well, Let's that's just if say you're looking if you're just looking at that one sixty and you're splitting it over the four, like that's yeah, the value. Yeah, it, it, of it. Lazy math. Let's just say forty plus mm-hmm. million for for Daniel Jones. I don't see Daniel Jones as like the the franchise caliber quarterback that you know you give that kind of money to. I don't know about you. Um, I don't think his. I don't think it's that. I don't think it hits that hard. Um, for them, uh, as much as like I know the annual value will be like forty million, right? But I think it's actually like below thirty five, and that's just like the incentives. I think that's like the part that's not guaranteed. So like. Uh, I think it's what 82 million was guaranteed. So it's really four years and 78 million. So you can kind of split it up like that uh, afterward in terms of what he can, you know, he's going to get, well, 82 million guaranteed. Right. Uh, we that, that one just recently happened. So we don't have a full breakup of that. We'll probably hit on that one next time. But I, this is what I was kind of saying like to you was that he definitely had, I'm not going to say a lot, but he had a little bit of leverage um, because they basically went to the playoffs, so they don't have a very high pick. Mm-hmm. He showed them in his prove it year because they they definitely refused his uh his fifth year option, which was twenty something million. So this was his prove it year. He proved it. If it wasn't um, no, so, th- what what did he prove though? Because like if it wasn't for if he had another, a, what would you like a quarterback to prove to you in their prove it year? Super Bowl? No, no, no. Of course not. But what I'm saying is that if it wasn't for the fact that Brian Dobble was coach, if it was another year of Joe Judge, would you would he be would he be anywhere near that ballpark? Well, that's because that, that's the thing, though. Like what we talked about before with quarterbacks was they they need that system around. Like not saying they have to be a system quarterback, but they need that support system of a good coach, a good like they which that coach actually plays to their strengths, which. If let's if you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian Dabble did just that for the whole Giants team. He said, I gotta take what I have, I gotta make some lemonade out of it. I actually made a pretty good drink because you know they went to the they playoffs with it. I don't think that deal, I don't know what it depends on how they broke up this deal. Um, I think it's still team friendly to the Giants as a whole. And they saved and they saved some time to think about what to do with Saquon Barkley, who also had like a pretty like a comeback year for himself as well. Um, not too sure on what that's going to look like for him, but I feel like Daniel Jones, he earned, I think his spot on the giants. Cause I don't know where he was going to go after the giants in all honesty. And yeah. So I think that's like, my thing is that like, sure he can be, a, he's, he earned his spot on the giants, but he hasn't earned his, his, he hasn't earned the, the check that puts him in the ballpark of like, you know, all the other great quarterback. Well, I mean, he's obviously on the lower end of that still in terms of, like what his average annual value is and that kind of thing. But the thing is, is that like Daniel, I mean, there's quarterbacks that win you games and that there's quarterbacks that lose you games. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, we said is a quarterback that lost you a lot of games and that kind of thing. Like that's the extreme. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback that can win you a lot of games. And that's the other extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is kind of like in a weird middle ground. I, I, in my opinion, I mean, if you look back on his last season, just looking at numbers, I mean, he had 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, and 3,000 yards, 3,200 yards. Well, Not, I'll tell you this. He played better than Matthew Stafford, who also has a $160 million deal. Uh, but Matthew Stafford million is, of it was guaranteed. I know, granted, that was after the Super Bowl win. But too, Matthew so. Stafford is also, he has a resume. 
right? You, mm, jo- Daniel I'm Jones earned his contract after one year, basically. Can we can, <laughs> like, like we can agree on that, right? Like yeah. Daniel Jones has earned his contract after one year. That's, That's actually re- think about that. You earned a four year, one sixty million dollar contract off of a year like this. You went to the playoffs and stuff. Is that not good or is it also bad? Is I, it both? I so is he replaceable? Is probably the the following question, right? I mean, did you want him to have like a similar deal to Geno's then to where they just barely play, pay him and stuff like that at that age? I think that's his know. fair value. Hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, so 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. We talked about it week in and week out that that team, we played them last year. We talked about that team right lives and dies on Saquon's legs. Like we know that that was the guy that, you know, was making that team successful. I would argue that that's probably why Daniel Jones had a lot of success in, in that last year too, is because he had a healthy Saquon again because, you know, last year, the, the prior year, he was still kind of coming back from that ACL tear and stuff like that. And so, you know, he was benefiting from that. But, you know, when you have when you put up numbers like 15 touchdowns and 500 interceptions, you're kind of putting yourself in like the, the Sam Darnold kind of class in terms of your your output, because, you know, we were like we were talking about, you know, quarterbacks. There are like a lot of teams for some reason had like stellar first halves, shitty second halves or vice versa. Panthers mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. when Sam Darnold came in, mind you, traded away CMC. You know, he came in for the la- last six games of the season, I believe. Put up seven touchdowns and three interceptions. And, you know, extrapolate that out. You know, he, if you put it over like a 16-game season, you know, you're talking like 18, 19 touchdowns and, you know, sa- similar comparable number of picks. And so that team, you know, Sam Darnold, if, if, if Sam Darnold is, you know, extrapolating his numbers out and putting it comparing him to Daniel Jones is putting a better number than Daniel Jones. Like, what does that say about the, the, the echelon that Daniel Jones is in? Right. Well, at the, but that too, but at the same time, every year quarterbacks are going to get more expensive, whether we like it or not. So, you know, that Carson Wentz is being paid a lot. (laughs) Right. And I want to tell you someone else that got paid a lot. Matt Ryan, he got a $150 million deal. A hundred million of it was guaranteed. We're looking on those deals in hindsight and saying they're not good. Right. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to leverage the it's trying you to want, look okay, at so it when foresight. the Colts took a 38 year old Matt Ryan onto yeah, their team for one. the year. Do you, yeah. are, are you telling me he was worth that 150 million dollar deal? He wasn't paid 150 million dollars. His to- total value for Matt Ryan was 150 million. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, no, but he got paid. I'm not talking after. about whether he got paid fully or not. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, 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 yeah. 100 okay, million of it was guaranteed. He did take him to a Super Bowl. The Colts. He wasn't. He was like an MVP the, caliber player leading up to oh. that Super Bowl. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he no, hasn't no. been in the Super Bowl in the past, like, what, couple of years before he went to the Colts? Wasn't like a couple yeah, of years? But, I mean, so, he, he, Colts were just paying off the rest of his contract. They didn't give him, what kind of contract did they give him? Um, they didn't I give think, him a contract, I thought. I thought, they, they, I thought it was a trade. I think that, yeah, I think they're paying the rest of that. So right now, that contract, whatever's left, is about, they're paying him $12 million. This, oh, They pay him $12 million Some oh, what was it? Yeah, $18 million. And then they're paying him on thirty-five million next year. Yeah, this I mean, up, excuse me, not next year. This upcoming season, thirty-five. Which they probably like if they can cut him. And that's the last of his yeah. deal, by the way. Yeah, so. and so that that was, it wasn't like the Colts just went out and paid for him. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. Did they do the same with Carson Wentz? I think they just got cart the tail end of Carson Wentz's contract, but they gave up a lot of picks for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colts mm-hmm. are the Colts are their whole under thing. But what well, we're we're comparing the we're comparing this Daniel Jones contract to other bad bad decisions so that that in and of itself should kind of give you some indication of like the sentiment like you're putting yourself at at risk is not the right word but there, I think they there have is a, a way to get out of that contract knowing what they know about 
Daniel Jones. Uh, again, I know we're just looking at the annual value of it on the guaranteed money is guaranteed money. So that's the that's that bit you can you can agree. Like yeah, you but can, like you only half of it's been guaranteed. But like if you want to compare it to, I just compare it to other salaries of, of other players that are similar to him. Like Dak Prescott got 160 million, but his was 126 million guaranteed as yeah. a whole, right? And I don't know how that's planned out for the Cowboys as of recent because he's the big cat. He's he's the largest cap hit for them this upcoming season. Um, Matthew Stafford has a huge cap hit. We're still look. We're still waiting to see what Josh Allen can do for the Bills. Um, it, it, we're just waiting for that Super Bowl. They have a high expectation on them at this point, right? Uh, Chiefs is Chiefs. We know about the Chiefs. Deshaun Watson, he has to prove it. Yeah, that's a big think, one. Do you think his they fully gave him guaranteed two hundred thirty million dollar deal? Gave- that they gave him that. Well, see, the thing is that Deshaun Watson has a better resume than Daniel Jones too. In terms Daniel of Daniel Jones went to the playoffs. Where did Deshaun? Didn't did Deshaun go off? And look at look up Deshaun Watson's Watson's career numbers though. I mean, it's not even comparable. There's career numbers and then there's wins. People care about those wins more so. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah, and so well, I mean, if they care about those wins, just ignore the first four three years of Daniel Jones's career. Same thing with Russ. I mean, he did get a win, but you see his deal too. Yeah, that's true. For the Broncos, <laughs> that well, that 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 they they that was there. So what we're, I think, the only thing that we can agree on is bad decisions are just kind of rampant in the NFL. We'll just see what happens with him in this next upcoming season. Yeah. Will he be go up? Will he go down? Because it's not like he actually improved in terms of I'm not turning the ball over. Now it's yeah. just you know I'm not saying he needs to be the 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 arm the slinging like the guy for the team to like throw the ball like 50 times every game or anything like that. It just depends on like you said. He needs that run game with him to yeah. basically balance what he does. And I feel like they have that. If they have it one more season, they went well, to the playoffs. They lost. But at the same time, they still had they had an answer that the Cowboys didn't have. They went to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, Cowboys <laughs> did too. But uh, Brian Double. I, I don't think... recognize them as a team anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Double has this. I mean, if there is one thing he could be credited. Because I think what he did, he did a lot for the defense on that team as well. Mm-hmm. But if there's one thing that you can credit him with is that he stopped Daniel Jones from you know, I was saying like there's quarterbacks that lose you games and quarterbacks that win you games. Mm-hmm. He, like Daniel Jones was heavily leaning towards losing you games, but he kind of put a stop to that really quick. He made that he made the game more manageable. And, you know, um, if I'm if I go back to like what if I think Daniel Jones is worth keeping around, if he's replaceable or not, if you're just trying to find a quarterback that'll, you know, coast at you coast and just do like the bare minimum of, you know, not losing you games or not winning you games. You might be able to find something like that out there. But you know, they, like you said, they have their their way of getting out of this contract. You know, if if things kind of come push to comes to shove, push comes to shove. But I think the bit that we were kind of glazing over is Saquon Barkley getting tagged. He did not like that. Yeah, I know. Um, I think he wanted that one. Every running back wants that deal, especially after I mean, what look they what did for Zeke. Like, 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 like Zeke got his deal, and it, I mean, we talked about Derrick Henry, Demarco well, Murray. That's like the issue, examples. right? Because we're like we're shitting on a position that gets overused, and then the meta right now in terms of the NFL is to not pay a running back. Just throw away your running back, go get another one, just replace it, keep yep. it low paying, and all that type. The only way to keep it going is if you have a system where your running back doesn't get that much wear and tear on their system and they can last like the good like eight to ten years in that position. Um, Frank Gore. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know what Frank Gore did. He was the outlier of it all. Yeah. Um, he said, I just keep running. That's what you do. <laughs> just yeah. keep running. Um, 
but yeah, so like getting only paid that ten point one million, basically because Saquon was looking for um, a big payday after what he's done for them. But of course, injuries on injuries, people are gonna always, even on Twitter, people are always gonna say, "Yep, don't pay a running back, never pay a running back." Actually, just throw him away and stuff. But everyone wants to make money too, so I can understand why Saquon Barkley is pissed. But it's just one of those things. He he's tagged. Granted, a lot. I think I think isn't it where like teams can still do anything with this tag, or is it just kind of like a done deal? Like you're with them for the next year. Tag? I think it's an exclusive tag on Saquon Barkley. I'm I'm not sure. What, I can. I think it's exclusive because you only get one good tag. Every team gets that one good tag to use, and so that's why I was, I was also going to ask you was like, what did you want to do between Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Who are you going to sign, tag, or throw away? Yeah, that's a kind of like a it's. You could throw away tough, both. Yeah, you just don't have thing, a quarterback right? and a running back or a running back. Then you basically you're a square one. That's the thing. That's a that's a that's a more important question. And maybe that might be the justification as to why they gave Daniel Jones the contract that they gave. They said him. we can work with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's great. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but we can go and go sign another running back. <laughs> yeah, what if they trade up just to get or Dijon <laughs> for Bijan or Bijan? Sorry, Dijon. I want to. I want a sandwich. <laughs> man, who you telling? I'm about to go eat after this too, man. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a giant situation. Basically, they have another good year with both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Let's see if they can improve on their playoff run. If not, I think you can see Saquon Barkley leaving the Giants altogether, depending on the season he has. Yeah, and you know he'd probably get paid. He'll have a maybe a co- good couple of years, hopefully longer. But so two, I could see a two or three year deal in his future. Like, like it's paid enough to where it's like higher than the typical average, but like it's short enough to where like you're not hitting the team heavy or anything like that. So yeah, that's what I'm kind of seeing going for. I don't know which team will need a running back by then, but right now, who knows, man? Yeah. Um. Next up, we got the Commanders. This is a player they tagged, uh, Darren Payne. Who was the D tackle I wanted to you see? You wanted him so bad. <laughs> I wanted him on the like as our nose tackle so bad. And then you, you can put Puna Ford as like our, our defensive end somewhere else. But man, um he had a career high, eleven and a half sacks, forty nine pressures, twenty uh twenty QB hits. He had a pretty great year for them too. Um I think I don't think he made it I think he had a Pro Bowl. Either he didn't make the Pro Bowl or he had a Pro Bowl year. Regardless, they tagged him. He'll be owed 18.937 million. Um and he'll be there with the Commanders for one more season cuz he's a really good D-tackle. So hopefully, you know, in their case, they want to get a long-term deal uh done for him. Yeah, and you know, I think I think the uh, Commanders defensive line is just unreal, especially once they get actually a full healthy Chase Young back. So oh. the opportunity to, I mean, uh, is it Montez Sweat is the other guy yes. or is it Josh Sweat? I get them Montez, mixed up. Montez Sweat. I think Josh Sweat is on the Eagles. Maybe that's where I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah, but, Montez yeah. Sweat is who I wanted the Seahawks to get that one season, but they they chose them. <laughs> they chose yeah. them before us. Yeah, and so you know they got they got stars on that defensive line, and Ron Rivera is no no stranger to having a monstrous D line. You know, they just for need those a years. And, yeah, and so uh, just the quarterback. Yeah, and so you know. Hopefully they can work out a number, but if they don't, Seahawks should give them a call. That would be nice. Yes, indeed. Um, and then did you hear what uh, Taylor Heineke said? Uh, I, I don't know if I said this on the last episode or not because I don't know if it made it. But did you see what he said to like the I think either to um, to Pat or some, or someone in the media? What he about say? His, he said like, man, I don't know about you, but like, I don't mind being a backup quarterback. It's like the best job <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> Ain't no job better than a backup quarterback. It's almost as a quarterback. It's almost as good as being 
uh, fired NFL head coach. Ain't no job better than being a fired NFL Ooh, head coach. If you were, if you were Kingsbury, yeah, fired, I was about to say, what's Cliff up to? <laughs> I don't, I don't follow Thai newspapers or Thai social media. But is he still out there? Is he okay? <laughs> oh, he's living the dream right now. I would be on vacation too if I was getting paid every other week, like you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, like, yeah. Where am I going next? <laughs> oh yeah. Hey family, I'm in Bali. Hey family. I'm in the Mollies. <laughs> I'm in these islands. But yeah, um, you know, it's just one of the things with the commanders and stuff like that right now. So they got they got themselves someone good in Darren Payne. Hopefully they can get him to a long term deal else. Seahawks, you better be on the lookout for Darren Payne because that is someone we will definitely add on our D line. If he was out there in free agency, oh, yeah. we got paid big time, though, too. That's why they definitely tagged him. Uh-huh. Um, next up, we talked about them before, but the Raiders, they tagged Josh Jacobs. Um, who led the league with 1,653 rushing yards. He also led the league in total yards from scrimmage, which was 2,000. Thanks to us. Right. 2,053 yards uh, total. And he has had three 1,000-yard campaigns in his four seasons in the NFL and was a first-team All-Pro selection. Yet he ends up with a tag. (laughs) Yeah, but he's a running back, so... You know, he probably that position. Yeah. And so it's more just more just interesting to see what happens instead of speculating, because the market for running backs is just kind of kind of silly sometimes. But you kind of you can't argue with the fact how much running backs drop off after, you know, a a few like after, you know, six or seven years, I would say at least. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, man. Um, Another another running back that got tagged, though, Tony Pollard. You know, 25-year-old, oh, he recorded 1,300 yards, 14, almost 1,400 yards from scrimmage, had nine touchdowns, 12 in to- uh, on the ground, 12 in total. Most most non-head-ass Dallas Cowboys fans would say that's the, that's the Cowboys' best running back. Currently it broke his, or cu- currently recovering from a broken leg, I believe, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a broken leg, and from that, I think that was like their big telltale sign of whether to sign him. Um, or not. The only issue I have with it is um, what the, my only issue with it is just that like one, it's a devalued position. Two, he had a broken leg, or it wasn't like a broken leg. I think it was like a broken fibula or something like that. Specifically. Which is basically like a broken leg. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know what they would have gave him if he was healthy. In in, in my opinion, I don't they're know. Kind what of, they're kind of dealing with the ramifications of giving Zeke the contract that they gave him, right? Yeah, um, because I think Zeke counts for about like Zeke is accounting for like eighteen or nineteen million of their cap next season, alongside twenty plus million from uh, Demarcus Lawrence, as well as another I think thirty million, if not twenty nine million from like from Dak himself. So someone's gonna get cut at this stage. And um, you know it's gonna be Zeke. <laughs> we mentioned a lot of teams that franchise tagged their running backs already, and they're all looking at that situation and thinking like. You know, seeing what kind of trouble Dallas is in, because Zeke Zeke's production has clearly fallen off a cliff compared to his earlier years. I mean, he doesn't have the same offensive line that he used to have, but he also, um, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that he isn't producing as well as he used to. And so, a lot of teams are looking at that situation and saying, like, "Hey, we can't commit the dollars." Because Zeke looked unstoppable, you know, his first four years. You know, even behind a healthy offensive line, yeah, he was getting a lot of touches but he was also not taking as he wasn't taking a lot of heavy touches i would say mm. you know he wouldn't i mean they would use him on the goal line you know he he would take body blows there but a lot of those touches were in the middle of the field where you know he could he had a lot of space to run out in front of him and it's he's, just it's just like the demar like 
DeMarco, who was it, DeMarco Murray, like yeah. way back then with the Cowboys. It's one of those like they got their years out of Zeke. They got because Zeke's been in here for a little bit now. I think it was what six, seven years now. I think something like six years, yeah. Because Dak's been here for seven, um, and then Zeke came after Dak, I believe. So, I believe, yeah, 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 he did. So, you got your unfortunately, like that that windows up. Like you, you got to figure out if you can even win a Super Bowl with Dak right now. And it's one of those things where like the cap casualties, and you can save a lot of money. You got to cut Zeke. Zeke hasn't really been the past two seasons. Even Skip will say so himself. He hasn't been giving Skip. the value. <laughs> Come on, Skip. But he hasn't been giving them like the complete value that you know his contract dictates, and uh, he he just hasn't been the same. He's not even a good pass catcher at that. So it's really like he his value isn't even that. If he was a good pass catcher alongside him running the ball, like, like then he'd Pollard, be Tony Pollard. <laughs> basically, he would have got tagged, and but they didn't. They only tagged, as you can see, they only tagged one running back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. The uh, Zeke is still under contract and that kind of thing. So I would just I would cut Zeke and take that dead money at this point because he's not he's not helping you at all. In all honesty, I think the, I think they keep him just because he's a warm body while Pollard is healing up. And then, you know, once probably after the next season, his cap hit will, or, you know, his dead money will be a little bit less. They can they can cut ties and continue on with Pollard. But yeah, it's a it's it's not a good situation to be in if you're a Dallas Cowboys fans for sure, because then you're also thinking about you know what do we do with Dak like you know like he he can he can produce but he also he's he has his moments right and so they they have a lot of question marks Pollard is probably the least of which I mean if if anything um I think they're gonna probably let him go this is my guess this is just a me thing I think they're gonna cut him after June 1st um they'll only have to worry about 5.8 million in dead money with saving 10.9 million in cap savings and they need the cap space uh for the cowboys um they're actually his salary isn't fully guaranteed for this upcoming season so that's also why i'm saying they're gonna they're gonna cut him like his salary was guaranteed those first four years of his contract his next four zero yeah so okay so then it's not as bad as i thought it was it's basically setting it up and they and they're and the cowboys as a whole are getting a hit um, they're actually 16 million in the red right now. So if they can get any cap space back, guess where it's going to be. Uh, yep. they're going to start with that running back position and work elsewhere because yeah, here it is. Demarcus Lawrence counts for 26 million of their cap space. Um, Dak Prescott is 49.13. Yep. And then Zach Martin is 19.89. Tyron Smith is 17.6. So they're going to get rid of like some of their offensive linemen too. Uh, that's like part of that old guard of the old line that was there. They're they're starting to phase them out. And then Ezekiel's at number five with a sixteen point seven two cap hit. Yeah, so there you go. They got to make those. It's it's going to happen in, in those uh, those two, one of those two linemen. I think they're going to let go of Tyron Smith because after that injury, that major injury he had, he definitely was not the same lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how much they'll actually. Oh wow. So pre-June, uh, for Tyron Smith, I'm not trying to go too deep into this. Basically, if they if they wait till pat uh till post June first, they can get 13.6 million in savings, four point four million in dead money for Tyron Smith. I think they're gonna cut Tyron Smith and uh and Zeke, and that's gonna have over 20 million, uh, over 20 what five million in cap in in cap space given back to them. That's what's about to happen. So. It's you're about to see some of your favorite players on the Cowboys team getting let go soon. Not now, yeah. later. 
I mean, it's a it's a pill that these guys are going to have to swallow. But you know, we just hope that Jerry fucks it up. That's all we hope for. That's what we always are. That's <laughs> what we're always waiting for every single time. Um, let's but let's wrap it up. Uh, finally, for we talked about it with the Jags. Um, again, just to say that once more, um, Evan Ingram was uh tagged. I hope he has a great upcoming season with them. So I love to kind of see some tight ends break out. It's or actually I actually like to see a player that had not much success on one team, but then they go to a different system or another team altogether. And then boom, they just success. Yeah. <laughs> so um, are you saying Zach Wilson is going to have a successful career somewhere else? He could. Cause everyone thought Sam Darnold was going to have a resurgence in um, the Panthers, but that didn't happen. So, you know, we'll see what happens with him. He'll more than likely Zach Wilson is just going to be a backup going forward. Unless he finds a team that is really just, quarterback desperate yeah desperate if you will um i think mike white some desperate housewives desperate housewives i think mike white though um is a free agent as well and i think if i were the jets i would possibly try to sign him back if not um some other team could obviously use mike white because mike white at least shown he can give you a good bridge quarterback play if not maybe if you actually have a team that actually works behind mike white you might even get it might be better but who knows who knows um finally we're just gonna wrap things up with some nfl combine news that just uh recently wrapped unless you had something else um no we could wrap through this nfl combine news pretty quick i think from what it looks like we talked about a few of these already yeah uh first off the big one for uh jalen carter for those that are not have been living under a rock there was a uh an accident from a race from reckless driving and racing uh from jalen carter and another uh another player from not a player but a someone from the football team themselves, like the administration. Um, apparently uh, he was eventually, he had a warrant out for his arrest. Initially he turned himself in uh, and wanted to say on the board, like I am, I'm exonerated from all of these charges. None of this is true. Uh, the only charge that he had Jalen Carter himself though, was just for reckless driving and racing while the other driver is where the two people you probably heard about, um, uh, that passed, which was uh, an offensive lineman that was 20, as well as the dri- as well as the driver himself that was, I believe, 24, driving yeah, I think over he was a staffer. Miles. Yeah, he was a staffer, so he, he was driving like 104 miles, and his blood alcohol levels was double the amount, the illegal amount in Georgia at 0.197, when it's 0.08 for the legal amount. So, um, in terms of like Jalen Carr didn't really kill anybody, so. You know, let's just put that out there. But he was part of a whole accident doing stupid things. I will say this. Um, if anyone out there, like you have a talent, a God-given talent, anything like that. I don't care if your your team, your school went, you know, for the nationals and all that stuff. Sure, have fun. But if you know you're going to the playoffs or not playoffs, if you know you're going to the NFL and you're a top, like a top one or two, like you're up for literally like that first that first contract alone can cha- can change you and your family i don't don't screw that up please don't. It, it it really just kind of speaks to a lot like character is an important thing that teams are evaluating a lot now right i mean we've been burned on it too like with malik mcdowell where he kind of just had like this random atv accident doing something dumb it's not it's in your own best interest to it just no matter what you do is always to surround yourself by like better people keep yourself in good situations and stuff like that this was clearly not a good situation. Alcohol was involved. It was street racing. So, I mean, even though he wasn't directly involved with the 
with the accidents, you know, he was still a part of the situation mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he promoted the situation, I guess you would say. Um, it, it does reflect poorly on you. And so it affects your bottom line at the end of the day. And it affects the the, line, the lives of those around you in this situation. Yeah, so, I, I just don't know if I still think he'll since he he was actually he actually paid that four thousand dollar bond and was released. And he actually came back to India and finished up his interviews and combine interviews and activities. Now, I don't know what I don't know is if that will lower his his um, lower him at all in any fashion. I I don't know. Uh, that's it's, he's one of those like blue chip just players puts it, where it just puts put it play over that. Yeah, it's just a it just puts an asterisk when it comes to character because character is already a thing that was kind of like brought up with Jalen Carter as well, and then you add this onto it, and so I I mean he'll he'll probably still go high, um, but just I mean as a general PSA I'll always just be smarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up we have USC offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees. He suffered a complete ACL tear. Um, I believe that was, I forgot what that was. It was from one of the drills and stuff he was doing. Got a complete ACL tear, who was a top 100 prospect. Um, I think he's a tackle. But the funny thing, well, not funny thing, funny enough, he still went to the bench press afterward and pressed uh, 38 reps of 225 pounds with one leg on the ground after injury. So, I mean, that still tells you something, but at the same time, you hate to see it. Yeah. Um, same for this other offensive tackle from Oklahoma, uh, Wanya Morris, named after boys to men. Wanya Morris, by the way, <laughs> um, suffered a grade two hamstring while running running the forty yard dash. Which I actually did see that footage. Um, I don't know when. Uh, here's my thing. A lot of people have been talking about how some of these these drills and activities at the combine they don't really show you. Like, I don't know what a forty yard dash will show you besides maybe acceleration in my opinion and speed, but like, why does an offensive lineman need to run a 40 yard dash? Yeah. I feel like that's a, I feel like a lot of those questions are going to be asked now is like, why are we testing? Like what is the point of them doing a vertical, right? Yeah. What's the, yeah. What's the point to do with a vertical is sure you can show off like talent and strength and all that type of stuff, but whatever. What are you trying to measure at the end, at the end of the day? Cause Maybe that's why some players opt out of doing certain activities, right? Some people, yeah, some people just opt out. I've seen some people opt out of like I saw another offensive lineman. I forgot his name, but he opted out of the combine the morning of because his ankle was swollen or something like that. Like when he woke up in the morning, so it's just like he was actually scheduled to do everything, but he did not go and do everything. So, um, regardless for Andrew Voorhees, though, um, not Andrew Voorhees for for Wanya Morris. Uh, he will actually still be ready for some private workouts in April when those come about because the grade two um, hamstring injury or that grade two hamstring only lasts about like three to five weeks at most. Um, it could be less depending on what he does. But hey, at the end of the day, this is not the end of the road. You were for waiting for that. Here. I was. I was so waiting, waiting for that. that. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> this is why you don't put me in a don't put me in a group, y'all. Um, <laughs> and then finally, like the biggest uh, one of the um, I already talked about. Uh, ten, we already talked about Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, who's on track for the se- the start of the season opener. I'm not sure where, he'll probably be one of those quarterbacks that go late, which maybe Seahawks will take a look at if he's good enough. But I know the injury concerns is one thing because ACLs. Um, and then also uh, one final uh, uh, for me on my end, one final uh, draft 
story I got here is Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, who, you know, besides like the typical stuff you do at quarterback, like throwing the ball out to the receivers, like he can throw some, he can throw some dimes out there. Um, not a lot. I even from like his footage from like Florida, but he can he can bomb a pass out there. But did you see that man on the vertical on the broad jumps though? Like forty feet and a, a forty foot five inches for the vertical, which is the best ever by a quarterback, by the way. And his broad jump yet again, ten feet and nine inches, best ever by a quarterback in this whole system. And he ran a four forty four. Yeah, I mean, like, he complete like, it was one of the, definitely one of the standout of the combine. I I think a lot of teams took notice to him. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Six foot four, 244 pounds. I mean, at the very least, he's got um, the, he's got the size. He's got the frame for it. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll shoot up again. He'll shoot up the, uh, the draft stock. I wonder where he'll go or to who, but, um, at the very least I would, there should be some consideration for teams to invest in a quarterback and have them sit for one to two years. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's like um, the model every team should follow. Right. Um, did you have anything else for us before we uh, have our send offs? Nope. Just uh, there were, we, we did talk about one player in specific when we were looking at centers, and that was John Michael Schmitz, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz. <laughs> uh, he, from the, the center from Minnesota, he was kind of touted as like the top center in the draft. He kind of had himself a day out there at the combine as well. Um, no numbers in particular, like with Anthony, like we had with Anthony Richardson or anything like that. But he he is kind of solidifying himself as one of the top center prospects. So it's just one of the names to keep an eye on as we are hopefully in the market for a young center to come in and uh, take over for us. So we don't want any more vet centers at the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think centers are going to start going off the board sometime. I say mid to late second round. Um I don't know where else he would go. I don't think he'll fall to like early third. I think early third at most is where he'll fall to. But like it depends on when every team starts taking a center, which I'm going to say as high as mid second and then going down from there. Right. So hopefully we have two second round picks. So hopefully that's why I've always been saying hopefully we can we can score him as our center because we definitely don't have a center because our center retired. Um, But yeah, hopefully we can get him because he's on my board. I don't yeah. know when to pick him. I'm going to take a look at uh, some of these mock draft simulators out here, and I'm definitely going to try to see when we like how like when will he eventually go, and when the Seahawks should get them. So we'll take a look into that. But, yeah, um, I think that's that's all we had for NFL Combine news. So any last any last send offs before we uh, sign off here? I'm just wondering what's going to happen in free agency because all of this prep work that's been done, you see a lot of teams like, you know, cutting people so they can get some cap space. I want to see what, especially for the Seahawks, what we will do. Um, I think at most we're going to sign like two to three people and then save that cap, whatever left of that cap. And then actually, I think you have to already put a lot of that cap space to, I think it's like a million per pick you have to put towards the um for the rookies but regardless i think we're gonna probably get actually when i'm thinking about that we might actually not even sign three we might sign one to two players at most but seahawks can prove me wrong um but hopefully we get b wags though (laughs) yeah um for me i mean uh, that's all I, i that's all i was hoping for in this upcoming week is that we come back to you next week and we say bobby wagner is coming home that's a dream right there man but um other than that, that's it from us here at Mr. S Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, of course, just 
if you could just rate us in five stars on all the podcast platforms, come on YouTube, share this video, put like, you know, like and subscribe on that YouTube because we're here now. We're here. We ain't going anywhere. So just make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, um, and YouTube at our handle uh, at Mistreps. And we hope to see you again next week. Peace.